That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. Oh, God. Did you just clonk yourself in the face of the mic? I just clonk my, uh, I just snapped at my teeth. <laughs> That's the other thing, like growing up in India, we didn't have fancy dental care. We had proper dental care, but we didn't have fancy. So my teeth are all crooked. I grew up here with like regular (laughs) dental care and I did not have crooked teeth growing up, but Mm -hmm. my teeth are now moving around. I never got my wisdom teeth pulled because I didn't Mm. need to. So now as a result, there's like a whole bunch of like shifting and crowding. And you know what? I don't give a shit. I need to get one of those... Invisalign or something like that because it's really bothering me. Especially now that I see myself on video, I notice it more that my teeth aren't are crooked. I think you're gonna say, especially now because everybody on Bravo has fake teeth. <laughs> I don't care about the Bravo bitches. It's only like I see myself. Well, I watch them. You know, mm. I watch them, and I'm like, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like Ramona looks absurd. They all look like those dentistic commercial dogs. Like they look insane. Everybody with their fake chompers. Yeah, but but I feel like the chompers that I like, if you were going to rate it, the Atlanta and Potomac chompers are awesome. Have you noticed? They have They've got fake teeth. chompers? I don't know if they have fake chompers, but they have white chompers and they look beautiful. They look so pretty. Their teeth look so good. I think Atlanta and Potomac might be the two places where, well, not Nini. Nini's teeth yeah. are totally fake, but yeah. the rest of them, I think those ladies, there might be their actual chompers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially Potomac. I feel like it's their actual trompers. Yeah, they just for have sure. good teeth. You know, Ramona has definitely has her teeth taken care of. Dorinda doesn't seem to care. Dorinda has natural teeth, and I don't know if Bethany ever got fake ones. Mm-hmm. People, let us know who yeah. got fake teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Write us in. Who's got yeah. fake teeth and who doesn't? Like everybody in Beverly Hills has fake teeth. Everybody yeah. in Jersey now has fake teeth. Like Jackie, I, the one thing I cannot stop looking at. Jackie's face has how much it's changed over the last like three years that she's been on TV. Yeah, Jackie's face has changed, but not for the better. I don't think she she looks any better. I think she looked fine before and now she looks fine now. I think um, Dolores looks awesome. Amazing. But uh, did she need fake butt implants? I don't know. Did she get implants or did she get like stuff lifted and shifted the way you and I have talked about getting things (laughs) lifted and shifted? Right. Don't see this is the other question I have because I don't know enough about all of this. Is if you do get a butt implant, doesn't it like stick out like separately? Like Kenya's? <laughs> like Kenya's? Like, <laughs> doesn't it look like it's a patch on? How do you make it smooth? Maybe like consistent management, or maybe mm-hmm. if it's subtle. Like, I can tell Dolores didn't go and get herself a donkey booty, yes. if you will. Yes, yeah. She, I think she just got stuff smoothed out and put in the right places. Yeah, maybe she just got a butt lift. But I do think that when you get implants, yeah, then uh-huh. you look like a baby with a diaper uh-huh. on that's full of doo-doo. Yeah. So I don't know. Write us in. Tell us about who's got fake butts, who's got fake teeth. Yes. And who's got the best teeth. Yeah. Who's got the best fake teeth. Yeah. All right. We had so much happen this week. On oh, Bravo. my God. How eventful was this week, both on screen and off screen? So obviously, the stuff. there's so much stuff going on this week. There's this mm-hmm. massive snowstorm. It's a disaster. It's a Yes. It's a crisis. It's a hashtag. This is a crisis. 
Yes. And actually, Bethany is down there doing stuff where she sent a bunch of like her relief right. trucks down there, which is, you know, more than Ted Cruz has done, who decided mm-hmm. to be a Ramona singer, go to Cancun on vacation. It <laughs> seems Can like a Ramona Cruz. move. Can Cruz. Yeah. Can Cruz. <laughs> That was, that was, I have to I have to send it to you. So, uh, so our friend uh, Dion from uh, Texas, she sent a meme that's going around with Ted Cruz hair in in braids, in braids. Like, <laughs> on uh, and he's like, I didn't go to Cancun. <laughs> like, no, I did not go to Cancun. My favorite thing about it now is that he's just like, I was just gonna go and drop my daughter off with her friends. Yeah in Mexico and then come right back. Right, right. Okay, Raphael, no, that is not what you were doing, okay? That is not what you were doing. You were going to go down there. Now the best thing is like Heidi Cruz's texts have leaked, Heidi Cruz's group texts and in the group texts, she has talked about the entire duration that they were even planning on staying and the great rate that they were getting at the Ritz-Carlton, which is actually, Mm -hmm. I will say, was like a very great rate. It was like $350 for a night, which is like a steal. Yeah, that's a steal. You know, I still wouldn't be able to afford it, but it's a steal. <laughs> For Ted Cruz, it's a steal. <laughs> and, and I could then- probably do like one night. <laughs> Obviously, the other crime he committed is they left their poodle in the house, in the cold, empty house with no yeah. heat. <laughs> the cute little picture, a little snowflake. Okay, the fact that Ted Cruz has a dog named Snowflake is very ironic. <laughs> but then they left little Snowflake in the house while they went to go party in Cancun yeah. and have some sip on some spicy margaritas. So originally the protesters, the idea was to go to the United uh, Lounge because that's where they were going to protest because when he lands, he, he would come through the lounge and that's where they were going to protest. He got wind of it and they changed the plan and he was going to go, you know, use the back door and get out and come <laughs> home. So they went to his house. I'm like, what are you trying to do? They're going to get you anyway. Yeah. So they had a whole bunch of protesters even in this crisis they were there but i mean the stuff that's happening in texas is just so shameful so so shameful so shameful for the biggest state with oil and gas energy business as their lead business yeah the one that claims that it doesn't need federal aid because it's so awesome and can deal with it themselves and they are the ones that are suffering right now and it's such a shame yeah it's like how much more proof did you need to know that the reason why people in oil and energy and gas make so much money in Texas is because apparently they just pocket the money. They don't spend any of it on their facilities. On infrastructure Mm -hmm. or in upgrading or anything of that sort. No. No. So I have some family in Dallas. I have some family in Austin and I have family in Houston. You know, it's been up and down for everybody. They've been doing Mm -hmm. the rollouts and sometimes they have water and sometimes they have light and sometimes they have neither. And occasionally they have both. So I know that there's a lot of different organizations right now that are raising money. So you can see some links in the description of where you can go to donate for relief for folks in Texas. There are housewives actually that are doing great stuff. And we're going to talk about Dallas today. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie, Tiffany, Deandra... A lot of these people are raising money and they're, um, I know Tiffany is raising money for an organization that manages uh, women's shelters all across Mm -hmm. Dallas. So that's really great. But you know, there is the, like Cam, hello, Cam, real piece Mm -hmm. of shit. Cam is on vacation right now. And she says vacation. But the other Mm -hmm. thing is that they live in Highland Park. If you ever look up Dallas, Texas on the map, Dallas, Texas is a donut. And in the center Mm -hmm. of Dallas, Texas is a little hole. And that hole is called Highland Park. And that 
little hole is where all the rich people live. And that's where most of these housewives live. As you'll remember from season, I think, two or three of Rojasas of Dallas, when Cam joined, it was a big deal that Brandy lived in Plano, which is right north of Dallas, whereas Highland Park is the center. But the thing you have to know is that what's happening in Texas is that there's a lot of these types of really rich areas all over Texas. And those rich areas are not suffering from these rollouts the way that a lot of these poor areas are. The way that the rollouts work, and if you're from Texas and I'm totally getting this wrong, I apologize. But the way that I've understood it is that they're rolling it out over time so that everybody doesn't lose power at once. They're rolling out outages so that a little bit out of time, everybody has a chance to warm up their houses for a little bit. The problem is that the areas of Texas that are being forced to wait the longest for heat are poor areas. And my friends, that is called eco-fascism. That's yeah. economic fascism. We are now, this is class genocide. Yeah. The CEO of ARCOT, is that what their energy yeah. company is? Yeah. He was on CNN and they were asking him, like, would you agree now that you need infrastructure upgrade and that you need federal aid? He was like, no, we don't need that. It's uh, We are going through the same things. We don't have to be on the shared grid with neighboring states because we are going through the same thing they're going through. And then she was like, no. But Oklahoma, they're not going through the same thing because they're able to switch back and forth between different grids and able mm-hmm. to share energy. And he was like, no, we'll see what happens. These are policies for the politicians to do, but we don't really need it. We can fix it. Uh, no, you can't fix it. How are you still CEO? I don't understand. Well, if we learn anything from watching Real House mm-hmm. of New Jersey's. You don't have to be a very smart or very competent person to be a long lasting human who is deemed, <laughs> quote unquote, successful. Successful. That's true. If you're listening to us from Texas, I hope that this hour or two hours, or I don't know how long this episode is going to be, of silly content brings you some light to what's probably a really difficult time right now. Yeah. Shall we get into it? Yeah. Which one do we start with? Let's start. Let's go in um, in the order in which that we watch them. <laughs> the first time or the second time? <laughs> Some of this I watched twice I because it was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Atlanta. Yes. Let's get the sad stuff out of the way first. Yeah. Much like the CEO of Arcot, the cops that killed Brianna Taylor got away. And we yes. knew that. We saw that way back when. But it was so hard watching it roll that again the anticipation in these women's eyes Uh, when Portia started crying I teared up Portia is crying but you see the older aunties in the group they're not crying they're like yeah this is what we expected Mm -hmm. they had a very stoic look on their faces Marlo and Candy and even Kenya and Cynthia they did not show any emotion as much as the younger ones did and it's it's just a difference in having been disappointed so many times it was hard to watch and so I watched this episode twice that Portia bit got me every time because mm-hmm. that was hard I'm appreciative that Bravo showed it but also in the middle of an episode that was completely so silly and (laughs) that's just how life is and they went right back to being silly again and having silly fights again so I appreciated Bravo showing that these women have they have that spectrum yeah that's what we want to see that they're not just these clowns on TV they have that was real that was real reality TV not to toot our own horns as a podcast Mm -hmm. but like our whole thing has always been these people 
people that we watch on TV and we as human beings are nuanced and there's a lot of parts of who we are. And I think that something that people often forget when they watch things on television, all they want is the escape. They don't want to ever watch anything that makes them uncomfortable. Like this is actually why I love Married to Medicine is because Mm -hmm. Married to Medicine often shows really uncomfortable conversations and a different scale. But these human moments that we often watch TV to escape from, that's why people watch like sitcoms and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's reality TV is supposed to just be like, you know, a lot of people will look at Bravo and say, Bravo, why are you being so political? But it's Mm -hmm. like, this is all part of who we are. And if you're going to do reality TV, this is reality TV. And in real life, you can be sad about something really tragic that happens and it can destroy you, but also be with friends and loved ones and turn around and say, it's okay for me to also laugh and be happy and enjoy a nice moment because goddamn the episode ends with a dick outline. Right. (laughs) So it's like, you know, the world is full of a lot of things. Sometimes it's very sad and heartbreaking and other times it's a dick outline. Sometimes the world is a dick outline. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's a donut shaped Dallas, and sometimes it's a dick shaped Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was with you. I cried when um, the Rihanna Taylor stuff happened. And I think that's such a great point that you brought up about how the older women are really being so stoic. And I think like you probably experienced very similar things growing up when I would like point out an injustice or get try to like argue with my mom about something that I'm growing up that is so sexist or so unfair. She kind of just looks at me like, yeah, bitch, I know. And like, what? Of course, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's upsetting. But why are you crying yeah. about it? This do is something. The world. Yeah, either yeah, do something and then don't, but don't have high expectations because right. the world is going to fuck you. I think it's a very real thing to like also feel and it doesn't devalue anything that Portia is feeling and it doesn't devalue what they're feeling. But I just think it's like such a real and different perspective right. of, of right. an older person, of an auntie, if you will. But even in that moment, the second time around, I was watching Kenya. And even when she says, say her name, when the verdict is being read, she has her hand over her face she almost puts up a wall like she doesn't want to show emotion she doesn't make eye contact with the camera when she says say say her name yeah it's almost like this is a level too sad for kenya so she's Mm. not going to show emotions and i think that's what kenya is kenya is so afraid of being vulnerable she's so afraid of sharing her emotions if she has any emotions she's going to share it privately the only emotion she shares is the one where she lashes out at other people but she's not gonna share her real sadness with anyone and that's her fault because when she is that cold it rubs everybody the wrong way because they don't quite understand why didn't you cry to us about not having anyone to bring along to watch your child why didn't you talk about being a single mother and the struggles of it why do you think you have to handle it by yourself and then you complain that we don't understand you never said that you had all these issues why do we have to then understand that you're having these issues how are we going to know that yeah and at the same time I think like so much of the big fight that happened that episode was like it was like a full spectrum of mom shaming of like mom Mm -hmm. shaming and mom guilt right it was like the ladies were mad at Kenya because Kenya brought her daughter they feel like it makes them look like what what like we don't care about our daughters like what we don't care about our kids like we couldn't bring our kids like what does that mean do you think that your kid is better than us like it just cracked me up because it's like everybody had private experiences about their mothering 
Because the truth is, like, 80% of being a mom is just the fear that you're fucking it up and mm-hmm. someone else is doing it better and, like, mm-hmm. the judgment of all of it. And yeah. that's, like, the best yeah. way to describe what was happening because it was, like, for Candy to get that upset, you have had to either yeah. not give her lunch or talk yes. about her kids. So it, it's, it was more the lunch issue than the kid <laughs> issue, right, with Candy. I'm like, Candy, you have help. Kenya is right. You have all these people that can help you out. Can, does Kenya have those people? No. Can no. Kenya hire those people probably is kenya being cheap and not hiring them maybe but also kenya brought her kid she was there for the most part she was she went to bed with the kid could she have come down and said look listen i have to go to bed i'm tired i have to go i brought the kid because i didn't have anyone to watch the kids so i'm sorry i have to go but you ladies have fun yes could kenya have been a better hostess absolutely yes. that's where kenya goes wrong is she doesn't she doesn't want to show people that she's vulnerable she doesn't want to share but then she expects them to know how much she's going through and be supportive yeah here's the other thing it's like kenya has gotten into too many fights with these women over the years to still expect them to be her village Mm -hmm. so there's that part of it but i will say that like kenya this season is not her usual evil kenya right like yes she didn't bring lunch yes she's a bad hostess but i don't view those things as like her being like her usual evil sparkle in her eye maleficent self i think of it actually as like this bitch is sad and this bitch is depressed and she's alone and she doesn't have anybody right and that's really what i'm viewing it as and i also think like her ex-husband is a piece of shit one she doesn't want to talk about it on camera because it's going to become a matter of custody two she doesn't want to talk about it around these women because she doesn't trust them for Mm -hmm. a variety of very probably valid reasons she doesn't trust them they don't trust her but also like them getting so mad that kenya wouldn't play a stupid game with them was fucking weird yeah but also then like kenya piecing out without telling anybody was also weird weird yeah (laughs) it was a silly fight i mean they didn't have to kenya didn't have to be that cold they didn't have to be so hurt but hurt about it they left their babies behind yes it did they miss them in that moment yes but can they do anything in that moment no so why didn't they just have a game and enjoy it because that's what i would have done if i had gone to my friends a friend at hosted a party and then she had disappeared I would have been like but I'm here and I'm determined to have fun this is why I left my baby and came here I'm not going to sit here and mope about that yeah and then also with Drew I thought it was so Mm -hmm. weird and out of place for Drew to come at Kenya or be like the mouthpiece for the rest of the group I was like no no honey this isn't how you get your peach but I guess evidently it was how she got her peach but also I think that she was frustrated because the night before they're like we're going to play a game and then they all got mad at Kenya and they were like we're not gonna play any games we're gonna go to sleep and then the next day everybody was cool with Kenya I can understand from Drew's perspective being like I don't understand the group but it's also like it's not for you to understand right now you need to shut the fuck up and observe and also um I think the MVP of the episode was Kenya because I would also be ordering apps on the side because I'm like <laughs> you gotta fucking eat don't get mad at me because I need to eat I know see that's where I, I feel differently about Drew I don't think Drew was really that upset about this at all oh yeah, yeah so the night before when this happened drew was sitting there thinking so we are not going to play a great game what happened and we should have played and the next morning she pretends that that's a big issue but yeah, her real true. big issue is that it's not that she was missing a baby she was missing her uh, her husband moving their house without her permission so she was missing out on that 
You're right. I forgot about that. Yes. That's yes. what she, Drew has a controlling husband who decided he's going to move their house. How does he do that? Like five days she's gone. So you're going to move the house and not even tell her? Well, he needs to move all of the cameras while she's not home. <laughs> yes. If anybody, Drew should be understanding of Kenya because Kenya's ex is so controlling. The fear for Kenya must be super real. Yeah, that's true. Even leave the baby behind must be super real. So I understand where Kenya is coming from. But I, I think Drew was just being dramatic, trying to get her peace as you said but not she wasn't really offended or no no she wasn't i don't think that her offense was enough to bring something up but i think Mm -hmm. she took all of her ralph energy and she definitely you're right she put it up towards kenya yeah but next episode (laughs) it's bolo time oh my god oh my god could you imagine that you're going on vacation and then there's a bachelorette party portion of it and your friend is like by the way i brought you all costumes and then your outfit is just a bunch of chains and nipple covers i'd be like you did not tell me this in advance i had a whole bunch of food fried food just now (laughs) i'd be so upset Portia doesn't care. Portia's like, sure, let me put that on. That was something. It was something. Shall we talk mm-hmm. about Dallas? Sure. What happened in Dallas? These ladies went on a tour bus to go down to this place in Austin. Why are we still celebrating Carrie's birthday? Why is this forever? I've been celebrating Carrie's birthday longer than I have been planning Cynthia's wedding. Yes. Because Cynthia's yes. been getting married for four seasons now. Like, how long has right. that been going on? She's yeah. She's been on the Chahil train for ages. And now yes. we're now on this. We're going to be celebrating Carrie's fucking 50th fucking birthday until she's 53. Oh and I'm God. over it. Also, they took that bus and it didn't go far. It was two it and a half hours. But then they had to walk another half hour now <laughs> in their heels. And I'm like, take your shoes, damn shoes off, you idiot. Why are you walking in five inch heels with all of your stuff? They're idiots. This place, you are renting it out. Why wouldn't you have a golf cart or something to bring your guests down? That's what I thought. If it's such a fancy place, why don't they have a golf cart? Yeah. Guests down from the street. You go to a dumbass hotel in the Jersey Shore, you have a golf cart. Yeah. How do you not have this? And who planned this? Wasn't it Cam who planned this? It was Cam and Stephanie. And I definitely thought about that because I was like, if Deandra had planned it. That's what I was thinking. Like, Deandra planned all of that last episode and Carrie gave her so much shit. Yeah. Carrie's feet are hurting. She's walking in those heels and not a whimper. Nobody makes a big deal. But when Deandra did that, they made such a huge deal. Yeah. She got mad at Deandra for serving warm tequila. Yeah. So that's what Deandra means when she says you keep poking, 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 and you don't say anything about anybody else, but you pick on me. Totally. First of all, hello. Which one of us has not ever been around friends, pulled a friend aside, and then talk shit about another friend? Who yeah. among us? All of us have done it. You're not in a group friendship if you've I never done never it. I have never done that. <laughs> Arthi, you did it to me this afternoon just over text. <laughs> Don't make me release the Texases. But yeah, like it's just so funny to me because like Carrie all of a sudden being like so shocked that Deandra would talk about me. It's like, you're not that shocked. You talk about Deandra and Deandra talks about you. It's really not that serious. Yeah. Carrie weaponizes her own tears to get sympathy from Stephanie, from Cam, from Brandy. 
But when Tiffany starts to cry and say, I don't Mm -hmm. like it when my friends fight, Carrie, who has said she is not a bully, starts to yell into Tiffany's face. She was so aggressive. And she's like, I am never going to apologize. And I'm like, I can see where Carrie can be an absolute fucking nightmare. She is. In In any relationship, she is so stubborn. That's horrible. The way she went at Tiffany... First of all, Tiffany, you're not crying because of all the fighting. It's all the alcohol, okay? When I drink a lot of alcohol, I get teary too, right? So you don't change up the alcohol. Maybe it's the tequila. Tequila doesn't suit you. Maybe you should go back to wine. Whatever. (laughs) But for Tiffany to cry was hilarious for that situation. I was like, Tiffany, Leander doesn't care. She wants to go back. Why are you even bothered? Don't be scared of these bitches. Don't cry. And then for Carrie to just bite her head off, all the entire scene for to me was hilarious. Yes. I was laughing my ass off. It was such a stupid dumb thing. They first get there and Carrie does the toast. I don't know what that toast was. <laughs> it was such a dumb toast. She and was like, I know that Tiffany, you think that I'm a bully, but I just want you to know that I want you to think that I'm a bully and I like really want to get to know you. And all the other women are like, oh, see, this is the Carrie that I know. She is yeah. so sweet. I was like, that's not, that wasn't sweet. Like that, that was, that was like- nothing sweet in that Oh, it was really bizarre. I almost wonder, like, you know, sometimes when you have a friend group and one person leaves and a new friend comes in, sometimes you unknowingly replace that other friend with this new friend. And right. I wonder sometimes if Carrie coming into the group, pushing Leanne out, the ladies yeah. have taken their fear of Leanne and placed it on Carrie and therefore are afraid of actually speaking their mind. Or yeah. they're so a, either impressed that Carrie was able to get Leanne out or B, they are just as scared of Carrie or yeah. very thankful of Carrie that she got Leanne out, that they are repaying her with their allegiance on this. I just don't understand. What does Carrie do? for these women that makes them fawn over her like that i don't know i i hate it and i hate carrie so much i think right now carrie might be the most hated housewife they're all still being really weird to tiffany apparently they got really mad at the fact that tiffany mentioned that she has toto toilets yeah what like what are you upset about i don't understand who why you're upset about anyone talking about stupid shit like that go get yourself a total toilet it's not like you guys don't have money get nine you don't have enough bathrooms that's fine put all of them in one if you want it go get it no and apparently they do have it but they're like we have total toilets but we don't talk about our toys bitch maybe you should if I had a Toto toilet, I would talk about it all the time. Hell, I would be podcasting off of my Toto toilet right now if I could. Okay, if I had one and if I could afford one, which I cannot. That's where uh, Shravi sits in Summer House. He sits on the <laughs> It's possible. He works off of it. Yeah. So. But, you know, it's just, again, another example of the women taking something that would seem like, oh, this person is successful, taking something that Cam also mm-hmm. has, something that Cam also brags about. I mean, fucking the other Carrie, Carrie Duber, had yeah. a stove that was so expensive that they made a, an entire right. separate Instagram page for it. Yeah. But you never saw them complaining about that. Stephanie yeah. had a $75,000 bracelet on the first season. Well, we never heard her say, oh, that's bragging. But Tiffany talking about her toy. Her fucking toilets is apparently making them uncomfortable. And it just just irritates me because it's like Carrie and Brandy get to weaponize their tears. But Tiffany crying is apparently making them feel uncomfortable and making Carrie feel attacked. 
Yeah. That and then also the fact that they thought that it was okay to play a game that involves a chicken and its feces Mm -hmm. before eating dinner. Mm -hmm. But eating chicken feet Mm -hmm. is gross. I don't know. How is how? It didn't come. The chicken feet didn't come with a cowboy hat on it. Yeah. If it had. That was. If, If the chicken foot came with a cowboy hat and a bingo board. Then they mm-hmm. would say, yeah, I'll eat that. Yeah. They're so dumb. Yeah. So that was it for Dallas. And then obviously on Wednesday, everybody had like great sex equivalent of watching Bravo TV. It's like everybody on Wednesday night was in their bed smoking a cigarette because <laughs> that shit was, it was so, so good. good. It was, it was so, so good. good. So good. New Jersey came back with a bang. Yeah. It was like an awesome season premiere followed by awesome reunion it was like bookends yeah you know dallas has been good but i'm getting tired of dallas i'm like okay the storyline for you guys is that carrie has a birthday and you guys don't like tiffany it's like over and over and over again i'm tired of it i did not enjoy dallas this week yeah it's like okay how many times are we gonna go put these women in a house and then watch them pick on the same person over and over again yeah i didn't like it but then jersey came oh Jersey made up for everything. I remember the uh, year the with the maybe the Culata twins were on the fucking Amber Marchese, yeah, Amber Marchese or whatever. At that point, I was like, this franchise is dead. Yeah, just shut it down. Just shut it down. There's nothing going on here. Teresa is a, is a criminal. I don't want to watch her shit anymore. But man, it pulled me right back in this week. It was amazing. The only thing I will note is the fact that I live in New Jersey. And Mm -hmm. I was here all summer. I didn't go anywhere. And nobody was just like out and about without masks on like that. I hated the fact that like, even though obviously, you know, that there's a lot of like production magic happening to make make everything happen. Mm -hmm. Jackie's husband's birthday party. The only people that showed up with masks on were Jennifer and her husband. Yeah, that's it. And a couple of waiters in the background. And that's about it. Yeah. And they they made no mention of it. Well, Jackie did because Jackie's whole thing about trying to be loose fun Jackie was that because of coronavirus, she feels like he oh yeah being so uptight. Yeah. So that was one thing. And then Dolores mentioned that her son was back home from school and studying for his GMATs at her husband at her boyfriend's house. So that was the only real mention of Mm -hmm. COVID, which really bothered me because in the beginning of COVID, yeah. After yeah. New York, New Jersey was really hit hard, especially the area where these guys are shooting because it's the mm-hmm. area where I'm from. Oh, my God. Like, I'm just getting goosebumps thinking of back to that time. Yeah. But like April and May, it was a really, I mean, we were talking thousands of deaths every day in New mm-hmm. Jersey. The fact that it wasn't really mentioned here kind right. of bothered me. Maybe Bravo saw people getting tired of seeing it in OC and maybe that's why they chose not to at the same time it could have just been an editing decision again it's only the first episode it's possible that they'll show more later yeah but you know everybody's in and out of hospitals getting new boobs and butts and faces yeah here I was wondering I'm like no I'm pretty sure New Jersey closed down elective surgeries for like months so when did this happen yeah that is why David was upset that's the other thing they didn't talk about it but David was upset that she got elective surgery during COVID. It wasn't that she got elective surgery per se. That wasn't her. That wasn't why. I don't think why he was. He said you you could have died. This could have endangered your life. And he didn't mean getting a a butt lift. He Mm. was talking about being in the hospital and being in surgery. And she started talking about 
oh, but I don't force you to get married to me and blah, 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 and all that. And he got irritated because he is a doctor. He's seeing patients die and his girlfriend went and got elective surgery without telling him. Oh, great point. Great point. That is what they didn't talk about. They didn't talk about it because he got irritated and he's like, I'm not even going to talk about it. Because if I say something, I'm going to make you look like shit and I don't want you to make look like shit. So he got up and walked away and everybody was saying, oh, how how can he be controlling of her? It's her body. No, that's not what he was talking about. Elective surgery. David does not like elective surgery at this time. You don't get elective surgery. David has been playing with your fake boobs since you got started dating. Okay. <laughs> he, do, he doesn't mind elective surgery. But at this time, during COVID, you don't go for elective surgery. That's oh, what he was Oh, that's a great point. Okay. So I want to talk, obviously, about the big drama that came out of it that is giving us major Monique versus Candace vibes all over the internet right now of Jackie versus Teresa. But before we get to that, I do want to talk mm-hmm. about the fact that Jennifer Aiden, if you could take the amount that I hate her Mm -hmm. and convert that to love and put it Mm -hmm. on her family, that would be the best way to describe her. Because like, I hate her at parties. I hate I think she's so annoying. I think she thinks she's hilarious and she's not. Mm -hmm. But then I see her family, her kids. Her like her little immigrant parents. Like I love the scenes with Jennifer's family. Like last season was it was last season, right? Where her daughter decided to talk to her grandmother about the fact that she has a gay uncle. Like Jennifer's terrible. Her family is great, and that is why she can stay on Real Housewives. I think I I don't think Jennifer is terrible. I think Jennifer has two kind. She has her family facing personality that is very kind and soft and loving and nurturing, and she really cares about her family. And then she brings her Jersey Shore self to the show with the with the ladies. Correction: She's from Queens. She's from Queens. That's right. Ooh. Either Queens or Brooklyn. Oh, How dare really? you drag the Jersey Shore with her muck? <laughs> you can drag the Jersey Shore with Frank Catania's muck. I thought she was Patterson or wherever she could overlook and see New York. No, well, she lives in Paramus now. Paramus, her girlfriend yeah. is from Queens. Okay. Oh. Yes. Okay. I bet you she went to high school with my husband. I wouldn't be shocked. My God. Okay, Bill is from Flushing. Yes. Oh, my God. He's from Flushing, Queens. Okay, okay. Jennifer grew up on Long Island and Bill is from Flushing, Queens. How old is Bill? You will never know. You know, Bill, you know, I think of him as that. What is it? The Zohar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the amazing, like the fortune teller guy. Yeah, he looks that's like what him. he reminds me of. He yeah. does nothing moves except for his mouth. The jaw moves. Yeah, and his eyebrows are so thick. Bill cracks me up. His name is Nabil, which is so funny to me. Nabil. Oh, his name wow. is Nabil Aiden, which is Nabil is my <gasps> brother's name, and Aiden is my son's name. Oh my name. god! I did not. I didn't know Nabil was uh, such a common name. Now yeah. I know three, three people. Yeah, Nabil Aiden. <laughs> and that's where Bill comes from. But yeah, I do love to see Jennifer with mm-hmm. her family. I think it's it's so cute. Yeah. So the big drama that happens is Teresa gets not even that drunk. Mm-hmm. Shows up at Jackie's birthday party for her husband, Evan, and mm-hmm. decides to go around saying, did you yeah. hear? Have you heard? Have you heard Evan does stuff? Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? You know, at the gym, he like, uh, he does stuff. And they're like, yeah. what are you talking about? And they, they're watching this train wreck happen. 
The issue here is she's going around this party one by one, grabbing people and very loudly talking about the fact that Evan apparently, I don't know, gets side alley hand jobs at the gym. I have no idea. What she's I don't, implying. we still don't know what he, what he does. He, she could have been like, gym. oh, I heard that he gets smoothies at the gym. And that's what yeah. I meant. Like, she's just such a fucking idiot. So yeah. she's going around being a fucking dumbass. Jackie finds out. Jackie's really said everybody is mortified at her actions mm-hmm. but the problem is that nobody is stopping her and i think that is also jackie's upset because i wouldn't be surprised if jackie's husband is not really loving the fact that she's on the show and yeah. this may have been one of those things where he got really upset to be like this is the reason why i fucking hate the show and i don't want to be on yeah. it and this is why yeah. I think it's a bad idea whenever a housewife is that emotional over something like this especially when it comes to their families i almost i mm-hmm. always feel like the conversation at home probably went something like I need you to quit quit the show yeah or this yeah. is why I told you not to be on this show because yeah. what husband yeah. really supports his wife being on this dumb right show? not mine no except for Simon Van Kempen I cannot think of anyone PK Who loves PK yes and Joe Gorga Joe Gorga likes to be on the show himself <laughs> Right. It's not that he that he supports his wife being on the show so much. Yeah. He wants to be the star. Yeah, that's true. But Simon yeah. and PK want to showcase their wives. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So there's that part of it, right? Of Jackie possibly having this like situation at home where her husband's really upset. And mm-hmm. I think the other thing is that something it's this moment that she has with Marge before Teresa arrives. Mm-hmm. And it's when Jackie is saying, How long are we gonna let this woman act this way? You know, she's yeah. assaulted people, talks right. so much trash, she spread so many rumors. How yeah. long are we going to allow this to happen? Because that's the thing. It's like like, Teresa was going around the party. She was saying all these things. Nobody pulled her aside and said, hey, you got to stop or anything. Everybody was just like watching it happen and not saying anything. And I saw a preview mm-hmm. for next week. They go on a trip. Apparently, Jackie does not go on a trip, obviously, because of this fight. And mm-hmm. they're all sitting on a bus. And mm-hmm. Teresa's still making jokes. And everybody's just rolling their eyes and looking at each other like, my God, she's such an idiot. But nobody yeah. has the balls to speak up. And that's Jackie's point. However, yeah, Jackie coming in like some sort of savior for Real Housewives of New Jersey after years of watching Teresa is a little bit weird. Yes. I mean, she was a fan for sure of Teresa's especially. And now she's coming at Teresa, right? What Teresa did, like I didn't spread the rumor. I just heard the rumor. Well, what is it, Teresa, when you go from one person to another person to another person and talk about the same shit? That is spreading the rumor and coronavirus because you were doing both. <laughs> but at the same time, Jackie, they show her the next day. Evan looks fine. The kids look fine. They're all talking. And then Jackie looks like she's been crying and she has this face on getting ready at home and walking. She says goodbye to her family. I was like, why are we seeing this? If I want to see that scene, then I better see Evan mad. Yeah. But Evan is not mad. She's so melodramatic. And of course, Marge is losing it. Marge is losing it because she's like, what do I do now? What do I do now? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's happening? Marge running around. Like, having her head cut off. Marge running around in her house is one of the funniest things. She's like, oh, my God. You want a nice coffee? I'll give you a nice coffee. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? Like, I don't know why her whole energy is. So funny. Marsh Sr. just like, oh my God. She said, what? Okay. And then Marsh Sr. disappears. She doesn't even hang around. She's like, I don't want to be here for this thing that's going to happen now. I don't want to even. Yeah. Do I don't want to be an accomplice in Teresa Judai's murdering somebody. <laughs> 
And then, so Jackie comes in like so melodramatic and she's like, please, Teresa, just say it's a lie and all that. And Teresa has no remorse. And then Jackie flips the switch. Her tears disappear. She just goes after Gia. (laughs) You know, we've said this in Potomac. When you're dealing with a moron, the best thing for you to do is to sit back and let them talk themselves into a circle. Let them show their ass on their own. Teresa Mm -hmm. is showing her ass on her own. All Jackie had to do was say, Teresa, you are make spreading a baseless rumor about my mm-hmm. family and you need to stop it right now. Right. That's all she needed to do because I wrote down some of the things that Teresa said. She said, I could give two shits. Evan's not yeah. my husband. Woman yeah. to woman. Don't you want me to tell you? Where there's smoke, there's fire. You know your husband's not cheating on you. Stand up for yourself, girl. Like, none of those things make any sense. She doesn't give a shit, so then why are you talking about it? Right. Evan's not my husband, so why are you talking about it? Woman to woman, don't you want me to tell you? You didn't tell Jackie. You went around talking to other people about it. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Do you know who else said these types of things to Teresa before? Jacqueline Lorita and Caroline Manzo. Yeah. Yeah. They have said these, and that's what... Teresa is doing right now. She's taking all of that shit. She doesn't have a shitty husband anymore to drag her down. Nobody can bring up the fact that her husband's a con man. No one can bring up her shitty divorce or her shitty marriage. She doesn't have to hide it anymore. So now what is she doing? She's taking a bunch of mud and she's slinging it because now she's free to do that. It's really pathetic and it's really sad. And that's like all Jackie needed to do was so Let's talk about why did Teresa do this? And I can tell you why. Go ahead. She has no storyline anymore. She has yeah. nothing. Why is she even on the show? Melissa is a bigger presence and a bigger draw than Teresa is. And now that she's had her divorce, she won't be the uh, in the center of the group anymore and she doesn't have Danielle being on her side. She is alone really. She senses that the other women have a deeper bond with each other than they have with her. She is really the only original housewife still on the show. She does not want to lose that. She sees all the original housewives gone now. Vicky gone, Tamara gone, Nini gone. And she's like, well, I need to hold on to my place here. And I'm going to stir some shit up at the very beginning, the very first episode, very first scene. I'm going to do something. Yeah. It was such a weird thing to bring up with no provocation whatsoever. Just bring it up at his birthday. It definitely was an OG move of like, this is what you do when push comes to shove. This is your like Hail Mary to keep your job. You know what? Sister's just trying to keep her paycheck. Yep. Now, what Jackie said. Yeah. Oh, what if I heard Gia snorts coke at parties? Yeah. Anybody with an ounce of brain cell understands that Jackie was making an analogy. Also, anybody who knows Gia knows that that's not possible. <laughs> Melania, eventually, maybe, but not Gia. Gia is such a goody two-shoes. She's not great. She says problematic stuff, but she is a goody two-shoes otherwise. First, I want to preface by saying I understood Jackie's analogy. However, I think Jackie, being a quote-unquote writer girl, needs Mm -hmm. to also know her audience. She yeah. should have known her audience when she wrote that article in whatever, the Bergen Weekly or whatever the fuck that was <laughs> about, <laughs> about spoiled children. And she should know her audience when she's talking to Teresa. And, yeah. and it did seem to me like there must have been a certain amount of time that had passed because Jackie got so fed up that she said something like that. Like, I don't think it was as short of a fight, obviously, as the camera showed. 
But saying that to Teresa is like handing her enough ammo to kill you for the rest of your existence on TV. Ammo that Teresa probably doesn't know how to use too. Ammo that's yeah. confusing to Teresa and she's going to accidentally kill a whole bunch of people before she kills you. <laughs> Yes. With all of that being said, saying stuff like, does somebody snort coke? Now I'm seeing all over the internet, everybody's like, Gia's a young girl, and you've ruined her future. Have we learned nothing in the year 2020 about white privilege? Mm -hmm. White people do coke, and they still become very good at whatever career that they're in. Because white people can get around by knowing other people. And Gia is a very well known and Mm -hmm. wealthy person okay Mm -hmm. she's a white girl she's gorgeous white girl and i'm not saying that she's probably not trying hard at school she is but she's got a leg up where if somebody Mm -hmm. even if somebody on tv made an analogy about her doing coke it's not going to come up when she's trying to get a job at i don't know right and barnes because she wants to be an attorney one day but like (laughs) she's not this is not going to keep gia from getting a job Now, it's wrong that she's getting bullied on the internet, but this is probably not the first time that this girl has gotten bullied on the internet. She's been the child of two criminals for 11 years on TV. Uh She's seen her father call her mother a cunt on TV. Right. This is bad, but it's also in line of all of the things that Gia has probably Mm -hmm. been used to. Jackie should have known her, her audience. She should have chosen better words mm-hmm. she also lost the fight for me at the end when she said i'm living the life that you want i win and i said jackie yeah as soon as you say i win sister you, you lost. lost but again that was jackie was trying in that moment to trigger Teresa. yes and Teresa may not understand the analogy but she understands when jackie says i won and you didn't Teresa understands that simple win and loss right yeah. so First, I'm going to use Gia because I know if I use anybody else, it's not going to make any difference to you. Yeah. You don't care. It's only your kids. So she used Gia for the analogy. It didn't quite work. So she ended up using I won. And that was enough. It was like a table flip moment. Did you see how Teresa turned around and started yelling at her the minute she said I won? And Teresa like, no, you did not win. I was like, oh, my God, that is hilarious. It's literally was like watching my toddlers fight. Yes. <laughs> And then I have to say for all the people that are fighting over which team you're on and being judgmental, the entire fight was dumb. You need, everybody needs to sit back and watch this show for the comic value. Okay. There is nothing here. Neither of them are right. We don't have to take teams. None of that matters. Can we please sit back and watch and laugh and enjoy? Yes. This is not this is not a fight you should take any sides over. No. There's no need for that. Yes, Dorinda, stop tweeting the stuff. Dorinda went on the internet, was defending Teresa, and I said medley no yeah yeah no oh, dorinda yeah, yeah. is like immediately oh uh, gia is like hannah dorinda yeah. immediately starts putting herself in projection right and even if it was hannah that analogy would work and dorinda <laughs> you need to understand you are always making analogies yeah <laughs> Dorinda is one that makes a lot of analogies. So having said that, yeah, if Gia has, Gia is a smart girl and she might have, you know, prospects and maybe this will affect her prospects a little bit. Who knows? She definitely should not be bullied. 
for that. Yes. And the people who are bullying are the ones to blame, not Jackie. Jackie's yeah. not making them bully. Yeah. The same way that Jackie is not the one that is forcing people on the internet to say stuff to Gia, Heather is not the one that is forcing people on the internet to DM Lisa Barlow about yes. being a bitch. <laughs> like people do what they want. And people, yeah. you know, I certainly understand this idea of like you're putting things into the universe and that has reactions. I, yeah. I, Totally, totally get that. But like also, Gia, you should also be really mad at your mom for doing yeah. some of this. To another woman, considering she went through the same shit for what, eight years on TV? Yeah. The best thing about Real Housewives of New Jersey is there's always flashback content. Yes. And Teresa obviously hasn't learned anything from her past because not, not only did she try to bring stuff that ruined her marriage, try and do the same thing to Jackie. But now she's also going out with her new boyfriend and going into business with him. So have you not learned anything, Teresa? And yeah, the, the answer, answer is no. 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 <laughs> I'm answering my own question. Yes, of course she hasn't learned anything. Yeah. Do you think Mary from Salt Lake City will learn anything from being on TV? No. She came to teach us a few things. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Salt Lake City. Okay, Salt Lake City. First, let us t just talk about the fact that they didn't have their thoughts put together. They didn't have notes. No one was prepared. Jen could barely get her words out. Mary got words out, but they didn't make sense strung together. <laughs> it was like, what are you talking about, Mary? You don't understand any of what you're saying, and it's getting worse. Just shut up. Stop right there, Mary. You're getting worse. I laughed the whole way from the beginning to the end. It was so good. I feel like I understand why Bravo decided to keep Mary in a closet. They were like, we cannot. Yes. We can't. We can't. The, the only person she can communicate to is somebody on a phone. We can't yeah. have her talking to regular people out and about in the world. She is such a fucking yeah. weirdo. So she, we start this fight about hospital smell. Again, one thing to take away from Salt Lake City, absolutely, they they didn't have their thoughts together. But none of the fights made any sense. No. None of it made any sense at all. Everybody no. was just hopped up and on one for no reason. Except for Meredith. She yeah. spoke in the first part of the reunion, she spoke. And then she was like, okay, this is all the energy I can provide. <laughs> I need to go get my, she, and you know, that just wore off and she took her sleeping pills. She was completely disengaged. She was. <laughs> so we got a lot more Mary this episode. We start with hospital smell. We yeah. find out that Jen Shaw was not at the hospital, but was simply offended by the fact that somebody would be like, ugh, it smells like hospital. And then Andy asked Mary, Mary, mm. how can you smell when you got all your odor glands removed? Now I want to say something. The condition that Mary is talking about, yeah. it's, I can't remember how to pronounce it, but it's hydrodentitis supliva. Yeah. It's called HS. It's a real condition. Like I know somebody who I'm very close to who has it and it's really sad and it's really scary. And what she described about having boils all over your body and all that stuff, like that is definitely real. What she's talking about when she says she got her odor glands removed, you guys, it's not her odor glands. It's her sweat it's her glands. Sweat glands. So I talked to yeah. the person I know who has HS. And I mm -hmm. said, have you heard of getting your sweat glands removed? And she said, yes, but it's actually really intense and it's really hard. And if you get them removed, you have to like do physical therapy because you have to relearn how to walk and stuff because they're going so deep into your muscle tissue. That 
that's why it was a three month long or four month long stay in the hospital, which yes. I can understand how that would traumatize you. Yes. And you you associate the trauma that you went through through the surgery with the smell. And so if maybe somebody used, you know, the same kind of cleaning solution in the room that they were standing in. Yes. And that's what triggered her. But Mary is so stupid and dumb that she cannot explain this. No, she oh. can't explain anything, actually. Nothing she says yeah. makes sense. But the problem is also that, like, this is such low hanging fruit, yet somehow Jen Shaw still misses. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it just it doesn't make any yeah. sense there. Yeah. Then we talk about the convenience store stuff. And yeah. obviously, Mary is a liar because she is scared of black men out outside of 7-Elevens. Jen Shaw gets very upset about it for the right re- reasons. It's a, it was a very racially charged segment. It looked like everybody was uncomfortable. Mary says, no, I'm just afraid of men standing outside convenience stores. I just have a fear of it. And then Meredith wakes up and she's like, what I think happened was... <laughs> What I took away was that she's afraid of sketchy people outside. I'm like, you just made it sound like black people outside 7-Eleven <laughs> sketchy. You didn't make it better. And what are you talking about? And then Mary comes back and corrects her and says, no, 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 I'm not attracted to black people. I'm like, yeah, it's so crazy because somehow going through this thing of, I didn't say it was black people. The footage shows she did say it was black people. And then it moves on somehow. It could have just ended there but mary somehow then pivoted it to her not liking black men uh-huh. and they were like what and there was like a whitney's face whitney's face is like oh this is not yeah. good and she says i don't like black men i prefer white men and then she's and he's like isn't your husband black and she's like no he's not and they're like he's black and she's like yes he's black i he <laughs> black he is black but i prefer light-skinned men and i'm like Yikes on the fucking colorism, Mary. What world have you been living in in 2021 that you are going to sit here and say these things, woman? And then Jen comes back and instead of saying it's that is colorism, she says this intra-racial. Well, she was trying to say it's interracial. Subtitle said intra, but I was like, that's not what she's saying. Don't help her out. Interracial. Yeah. And she's trying to say that the minute she says interracial, Mary comes back and said, that's not racist. I'm like, no, she's trying to say it's colorism. And Jen doesn't know how to explain. And Jen say, Jen cannot, if I were Jen in that moment and say, Mary, that's wrong of you to say so. Yeah, but she can't. She cannot find the words and she stumbles. So Mary keeps talking and it gets worse and worse and worse. It just gets worse. They're all running on the same amount of toner as the printer that Whitney used to print out those receipts <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense. The uh-huh. grandfather motherfucker thing comes up. Jen Shah is like just she's incapable of any humility or any mm-hmm. sincere apology. At yeah. the same time, Mary doesn't want to receive her apology, which I don't blame Mary for that. Yeah. So they go into the fight of did Meredith and Lisa say to Mary that they're afraid of Jen? And Mary said, no, they never said it. She thinks that they're afraid of Jen. The footage shows otherwise because Whitney clearly asks what do they think 
and she says they're afraid of her. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, the footage yeah. and all of the show is showing that Mary yeah. is a liar and yeah. she's very dumb. So Mary just thinks it. She did. They didn't actually say it. And Mary stands by it. I'm like just cracking up because the whole time the funniest thing is then Lisa Barlow wakes up. Lisa starts to scream and yell because she doesn't like the fact that Whitney mm-hmm. said that Lisa and Meredith are scared of Jen. And Lisa, that's when Lisa drops us with the Whitney mm-hmm. and Heather. Bad weather. <laughs> Tornado. Spin the truth. Which oh, I, was, I want that on a t-shirt. I want to wear that. Every time it so every time it's bad weather or anytime there's like snow or anything that happens here, everybody likes yeah. to go on Facebook and always be like, oh my God, the snow or whatever, right? So yeah. I've always done this thing for like the last, I don't know, 10 years is anytime it just snows, I just go on my Facebook and in all caps, I just write weather. <laughs> like now every time I write weather, all I'm going to be seeing is Whitney and Heather, Heather sitting on the side. <laughs> <laughs> then we go into married and her marriage. We find out that there's actually no will about grandpa fucking. So the grandma told Mary, but nobody was there when grandma told Mary. Did she even tell Mary? Did they just pray on it? So grandma told Mary, you're getting everything. But did she include Robert Sr. in that? We don't know. But I am looking at it and I'm thinking, the grandmother had so many businesses that Robert Sr. managed. So I am thinking that Mary is not smart. She couldn't have managed any of those businesses. So it's really Robert Sr.'s businesses and money. But it's in the grandmother's name. And the grandmother did not want Robert Sr. to have all of it. So she gave all of ownership to Mary. So they became co-owners of all of this business. Mary says, Robert Sr. wasn't told, but we prayed on it for two months, two years or two months or whatever. And then we got married. And that is so fishy because she keeps saying that it was right away. It was not. It grandmother wished it it's so fishy it's almost like mary thought if i don't marry this man i'm not gonna get all the money of course that's what it was and it's really fucking weird and she talks about charlinda and charlinda's mom and that they get to live rent free in her house because they're the help so basically you have a limit you have a live-in maid that you don't pay right house may be big but there's it's just three of them there's nobody else other than the living area everything else looks like a mess yep your closet looks like a mess so it feels like Charlinda and her mother were like brainwashed or they were like indentured servants yes. or something like that absolutely and Mary and Robert Sr. have an arrangement where they cannot divorce each other because they would not get all of the money or something is going to happen to their assets it's really creepy they don't even have a relationship they don't sleep in the same room she's like so open about it too she was like everything Andy first of all Andy you don't ask people that how many women so many housewives when was the last time you asked a housewife if she slept in the same room as her husband you don't ask that of any of the other women you don't ask Erica Girardi she fucked yeah. her husband why would you ask that of mary that was horrible it was, was horrible then when mary starts to talk about her marriage she starts to cry and she's like you know all these chanel bags i have i couldn't have that otherwise like those things i have to look at what makes me happy 
And she's obviously not happy. But what she's thinking to herself is, at least I have these things. And if I was not married to him, then I would not have these things. So I should just shut the fuck up and deal with it. At one point, I thought Mary is the one that's controlling everything. But now I'm thinking Robert Sr. controls Mary. Just Mary is indoctrined to be the servant leader where she's going to be subservient to Robert Sr., but she's going to be the face of his church yeah where she's the one shaming her followers when andy asked that question about why would you bully your followers about being poor and not giving enough or whatever her answer was so all over the place she couldn't even talk about it it made no sense i was like how is she even preaching if she cannot speak it's something about jesus and the gentiles and where the gentiles some some christian needs to explain that yeah we would love for her Yeah, we're not, neither of us are Christian and we don't have a good understanding of the biblical text. Then they ask the question, can Mary and Jen be friends? No. No. A, they're actually very similar. They have very low Mm self-esteem and they are very needy and they're very attached. Mary is attached to her Chanel bag and uh, Jen is attached to her coach. Yeah. It's his emotional support. They will never be good friends. I don't think Mary ever has a single girlfriend. No. I don't think she has friends. No. I think you're absolutely right in that I don't believe that Mary runs the cult. I think she's just the figurehead of the cult. Yeah. But the cult is actually run by Robert Sr. Yeah. Then we talk about Heather and her daughters. And I yeah. love the fact that Heather said it. Like, I taught my daughter's abstinence. Yeah. I, ta- I talk about sex in that making out is like a pool and, you know, having sex is the ocean and you can get pulled mm-hmm. in there. Like, I thought that was such a beautiful analogy. Mary is horrified. Mary's eyes actually will went all the way down to Heather. Yeah. She just popped out. <laughs> she was just like, she's like, oh, what? <laughs> Yeah, Uh, it was insane. But I love that Heather said it because I think for a lot of people that grow up conservatively, like that is something that we grow up finally coming to terms with, which is to say like, you need to figure out whatever you want in life. Yeah. When you are raised to believe that sex is like a no-no, you grow up allowing a lot of toxic relationships in your life because you are under the impression that this is just the way it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciated that. Then it's Lisa versus Heather. Yeah. And then this is when they go into this whole thing, which like I made a chart of what's going on and why is why are Heather and Lisa in such a tiff with each other? Because mm-hmm. the the crux of the issue is that Heather thinks that Lisa is a bad friend to Meredith. Mm-hmm. Heather also thinks that Lisa should not be friends with Jen. Heather Heather also believes that Jen is a bad friend to Heather, mm-hmm. but Heather still wants to be good friends with Jen and Meredith. Mm-hmm. And she does not want Lisa around at all. The funniest thing in all this is they start fighting about you're a bad friend to Meredith. And this is like I wrote in my notes, Meredith just woke up because <laughs> all of a sudden she just goes, she's my friend. Lisa is yes. my friend. Yes. And it's like, oh, you just you randomly just it's like when yeah. I'm in a meeting and yeah. I just hear my name or a slight yeah. thing of a project I'm working on. I'm like unmute. I'm like, yeah, it's going really well. <laughs> I'm like, you know, and then I mute myself again. Like we all have been there. Like Meredith is functioning in this reunion. Like we all do Zoom meetings right. at work. <laughs> but then Lisa, Lisa goes hard to prove her that she's a good friend to Meredith. She literally starts going hard at Heather. Towards the tail end of reunion part two, I have to say. <sighs> I was really disappointed in Heather. Yes. 
Heather was spinning out of control. Heather was falling into the trope of the first first year housewife who knows and has watched housewife shows before. She came in feeling good because the audience seemed to like her. And then that went to her head a little bit. And she's like, well, I know I can survive this. And people hate you, Lisa. So I ha- I can go at you now. She got a little aggressive there with the way she went at Lisa. Lisa was making sense with what she was saying. Lisa was actually making sense. I think Heather saw it too. And that bothered her. Yes. That Lisa was making a good point and she didn't want to admit it so she just yeah. lashed out and i could see how that could happen but it made me very uncomfortable i was like heather you don't have to do any of that heather says that lisa is scared of jen but at mm. the same time she says that lisa controls jen and it like mm. doesn't make any fucking sense at all mm. and then she's coming in so hard for meredith so like i said i made this diagram okay mm. if you'll see in the yeah. bottom corner of that diagram it says who for Meredith. yeah okay lisa is mad at heather and whitney for talking about Mm -hmm. meredith's marriage yeah but lisa is friends with jen who is the one that started the rumor about meredith's marriage which is why heather doesn't believe lisa is a true friend to jen or to meredith yes and then meredith is mad at jen for the stuff about her marriage But Meredith is friends with Heather and Whitney, which I think Lisa just does not like because Lisa just doesn't like Heather and Whitney. Mm -hmm. She's not a fan of bad weather. She likes sunny Mm -hmm. skies. That's Mm -hmm. Lisa Barlow's preference. Mm -hmm. Heather being mad at Lisa, we've talked about this so many times. Heather being mad at Lisa is coming from a private experience place. Like, Mm This is totally coming from a you judge me and the way I do Mormonism and you're Mormon and blah, blah. Like, I think that it comes from weird, old, growing up in a conservative community and having these weird competitive relationships. Mm -hmm. I think that's where all of Heather's insecurity with Lisa comes in. And when Heather sees that, like you said, Lisa is maybe right about some things, Heather Mm -hmm. feels really more insecure of herself. And then she starts to attack. Mm -hmm. And it was so weird because Heather is trying to defend Meredith. She's like, you're not, she's telling Lisa, you're not a good friend of Meredith because how can you be friends with Jen? She also Mm. says to Lisa, you say that you are anti-drama and you don't like liars, but you're the friends with the nexus of all of that, which is Jen Shah. And I'm like, Heather just called this friend that's supposed to be her BFF a liar and drama. Jen doesn't react to that. I'm like, why isn't Jen getting upset for Heather calling her a liar? This is the craziest thing. Is Meredith and Jen were completely checked out. And like, I think you'll understand this so much because this is what I felt for both Lisa and Heather. I think that when you are an empathetic friend and you're very passionate, sometimes Mm -hmm. you end up being the one to really stick up for someone when two friends are fighting Mm -hmm. and what always ends up happening is that the two friends that are fighting either end up making up or they say yeah I think you were being a little crazy I don't think that was necessary and then you look like the asshole and like that's what I feel like is going to happen because Lisa Lisa's like Meredith did you hear when I said that and Meredith goes no I wasn't listening to be honest Lisa goes out of her way and she's screaming her head off at Heather. Heather is going out of her way and screaming her head off at Lisa. 
and Jen isn't interested and Meredith is barely there. So <laughs> Jen and Meredith did not care. And they just let these two fight over their friendship. And which clearly tells me that it's really, if, if you think about it, Lisa and Heather could actually be really good friends to each other because they care and they want to fight for each other's friendship. And Jen is not a good friend to Lisa. Mm-hmm. Jen is not a good friend to Heather. Meredith mm-hmm. is not a good friend to anybody because after Lisa just goes off, uh, you know, looks at Meredith for help, all Meredith can say when she, Meredith finally says, can I say something? And then and then Andy stops everybody and then everybody turns around to uh, Meredith and you think she's going to say something about Lisa and her friendship. No, Meredith goes on about my marriage It's not something you guys can ever talk about. And she talks about her marriage and how none of them there should ever talk about it. And Lisa says, I never talked about your marriage. And Meredith doesn't acknowledge that. She doesn't say that. She only cares about herself and her marriage. She doesn't care about Lisa. And Lisa is sitting there fighting for Meredith. I think when Lisa got upset at the end of the thing, that's what she was upset about. She wasn't upset about... Heather, it was that Heather was going at Lisa and Meredith did not step up to protect her. Neither did Jen. And that's the part that Lisa needs to pay attention to, that neither of them came to Lisa's aid. And Lisa says at the end, she doesn't want me to be friends with this person. And she's like, she says, how can I do that? How can I take this person who's so broken and say, I don't want anything to do with you? She's talking Mm -hmm. about Jen. And I think in that moment, as much as she wants to believe Mm -hmm. that she's saying those words to Heather, she's saying those words to Meredith. I wouldn't be surprised if it bothers Lisa that Meredith really doesn't love the fact that she's friends with Jen because Lisa seems like the kind of person who would care about what Meredith has to say. Yeah. And it kind of broke my heart for Lisa at the end. And then Heather says, you you're losing at everything. You're last place at everything. I was like, oh, Heather. No, no, no. Like, what does that have to do with anything, Heather? What are you talking about? What last place in what? It was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah, that was bad. I was like, Heather, don't do that. Lisa felt very desperate. Lisa was yelling hard. Her, her veins were popping. I was surprised at how put together she was. I would have been burst out in tears at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, but then she goes in looking for it and she's like, I have to find my, uh, her husband. And then she just burst out crying in there. And I felt bad for her. And I think if Heather had seen her crying, Heather would have felt bad too. Yes. Heather would have understood that. Absolutely. And I was kind of like leading towards Lisa's side until Whitney said, but don't you guys understand it's 50-50. And then Mm -hmm. suddenly Lisa snaps at Whitney and she's like, Mm -hmm. fuck, like I didn't do anything to you. And Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, oh, Lisa. And that's the thing, like, like Heather needs to watch that and go, oh, no, I was on the wrong side of history there. Like I need to calm down before I become a monster. Like, And also I thought was really interesting was that Heather has been saying forever that she is scared of Jen Shaw. So that was unseen footage was Heather saying, no, I am scared of her. Aren't you scared of her? You should be scared of her. Why aren't you scared of her? And that tells me that Heather... Heather doesn't want Lisa to be friends with Jen. Heather right. is very possessive of her relationships. And I think that it's right. a little weird. It's like, you got to yeah. figure that out. At the same mm-hmm. time, Lisa saying, you should go get therapy. That is an Andy Cohen. While I agree with you that everybody can have therapy, weaponizing therapy in that way makes me really angry. Yeah. I don't like that when people are like, go see therapy, go see a therapist. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. it's like saying, like, make sure you go get your physical. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, don't turn it into that. No. So that I didn't no. appreciate. But all in all. Yeah. It was awesome. It was great time. Awesome. I cannot wait for the third one with the men. Mm-hmm. I want to see, I think that Jen isn't biting people's heads off, obviously, because Coach Shaw is there in person. Yeah. If Coach Shaw wasn't there in person, Mary's head would be rolling across the room. 
Right, right. I think that's why, I, I think that's probably why Jen is going to behave this whole reunion. Yeah, which is like unfair to me. Like, yeah. give me give me your whole crazy shtick, please. Yeah, because it's not real. What you're no. presenting is not real. But my God, that was great. It was a great yeah. week of Bravo. And I'm excited yeah, for yeah. the next week of Bravo. Because on, yeah. on Sunday, we get we get to see what that dick outline is really outlining. Not really. It's oh going to be pixelated. I cannot watch it then. I have to watch it when husband is working in Maya's in school. That's, That's what I'm saying. I don't think I could watch that like around anybody. Yeah. I'm going to have to, if my husband comes in, I have to close my laptop like I got caught watching porn. You know, every Atlanta episode since for the past four Atlanta episodes, I've been thinking this is it. This is the one. This is the one. So I've been watching it without them just because I don't know when that's going to show up. Now I know it's going to show up next Yeah, week. there's been a lot of dickies. This has been the longest wait ever <laughs> and the fact that he's already they he they have him in a glass box outside waiting while the women go for 15 minutes to get ready that was like so hilarious it's like he's just there posing standing outside posing oh, like fake gucci apparel or whatever that was it's chanel. a gucci or louis vuitton has- chanel <laughs> i was like mary he has he has chanel <laughs> uh all right. Well, we'll talk That's to you guys on Tuesday. We're going to do the big day on Netflix, which is about weddings. And we're going to talk about Summer House. We have so much yeah. to talk about with Summer House. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.